all advice is autobiographical. Every time somebody's giving you a piece of advice, they're not really giving it to you. They're giving it to themselves in the past. Once you understand that, it makes every other piece of advice much more useful. Microphone check, one, two, what is this? You're now listening to a brand new episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Look what you done started. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. We're joined in this episode by Ben Gutman. Ben is the author of Simply Put, Why Clear Messages Win and How to Design Them. He's also a former marketing agency owner, current professor, and consultant. Welcome, Ben. Thanks for having me, Sherry. It's great to be here. Anytime I see the word former marketing agency owner, I kind of scratch my head because do you ever really retire? <laughs> Not quite. My background is I ran a marketing agency for 10 years. I started it more or less right out of college and um, with a couple friends in an old professor's basement. We drove my old like 1994 Honda Accord up to their office every, every day. And we worked with them on some projects. He, my old professor ran an agency too and worked with them a little bit. We did some of our own stuff. We were too stupid, really, too much of knuckleheads to work with a lot of their like Fortune 500 clients at the time. So we cut our teeth on like the local ice cream shop, the local camera shop. And bit by bit, we worked our way up. And 10 years later, we have a couple offices and a bunch of employees. And we work with like the NFL and Comcast and I Love New York and all these really great brands. But then we decided to sell it. And because, you know, I did it for 10 years. And to be, to be frank, it was, do I want to do it for the next 10 years? It was a great time. I really loved it. I got to work with awesome people and some great projects. But I was excited to see what else was out there. And to your point, do you ever leave it? Not really. That's part of the reason why I ended up writing this book was that the questions that you grapple with when you're doing that type of work, well, maybe you don't have a client kind of nagging you on them or poking you on them, but you have your own yourself being like, okay, why is it that some things work and some things don't? Why, do you, why is it that when I see something at the store, some brands are as successful and others aren't? Why are some politicians or leaders or academics, why are they more influential than others. And so that's the question that kind of brought me into where I am with Simply Put. Okay. So tell us why. Tell us more about the book and where we can find it. Oh yeah. So the book is called Simply Put, Why Clear Messages Win and How to Design Them. It's been an absolute blast researching for some and writing it and now getting a chance to share it with people. So basically when I was looking around both in my time as a marketer, as an educator, as just a user, consumer of the world, I noticed that there's this gap between where we are as receivers, when we're a customer, a buyer, a voter, a donor, and where we are as senders, when we are, you know, we're the ones advertising or we're business leaders. And there's this communication gap where all these great brands and individuals have all these things that they want to share and tell people about, but receivers have a really hard time connecting because it turns out that when you look at the science behind this, when you're a receiver, you want something known as fluency. We know the word fluency, right? It's you can be fluent in English or Spanish or Mandarin or whatever. And it means basically the Latin root of the word is flowing, right? So when something's fluent, something is flowing. If you ask a cognitive scientist about the word fluency, what they'll describe is this entire suite of experiences where it's easy to take something from out in the world, stick it in your head and make sense of it. And so that's ultimately what we want. Cause when it turns out when something is fluent, we're more likely to like it. We're more likely to buy it, more likely to trust it. All the things that we, that we want, right? 
And the opposite is also true. When things are more complicated, when things are less fluent, but we don't like them, we don't trust them, we don't buy them. So that's the gap there. We want things that are fluent as, as on the receiving end. But when we're the ones as a marketer, we're often pulled in the other direction. We're pulled towards complicated. And that's because of factors internal and external. Internally, there's there we're subject to what's known as an additive bias, where we're more likely to add than subtract when we're faced with a choice. And externally, we're, you know, the structures around us push us in that direction to complicate. So that's the fundamental gap. That's the reason why most communication is not as effective. And so I said, well, how do we bridge that gap? And that's what we ended up with in kind of the second half of the book where I talk about the five different design principles. Let's break down what those five different design principles are. Just the cliff notes, because we do want people to go buy the book. Oh, certainly. The point is, these aren't, this isn't a step-by-step plan. This isn't a rubric. This isn't a checklist. It is a set of principles that the better we adhere to them, better we look at them, the better we can be prepared to communicate in a way that matches what our receivers want. So the first one is beneficial. What does it matter to the receiver? What's in it for them? Talk about like features versus benefits, kind of sales 101 stuff. The second one is focused. Are you trying to say one thing or multiple things at once? Is this kind of one idea or three ideas in a trench coat? The third is salient. Does your message stand out from the noise? Does it rise to your attention? Does it contrast? Does it noticeable? The fourth is empathetic. Are you speaking in a language that the audience understands? Both in terms of the literal language, but also their motivations, their emotions, where they are. That's uh, crucial to meet in terms of connecting. And then finally, the last bit is minimal. Have you cut out everything that isn't important? Is it everything you need, but only what you need? And the more you can adhere to these different these different principles, the better suited you're going to be to be more effective communicator in your marketing, but also in anything, in your emails, your proposals, your presentations. All the stuff that we do would stand to improve by by paying more attention to how we design our communication. That is so good. And it's like you've broken it down to the simplest of constructs that even a third grader can get. That is so good. I imagine that even with everyday communication, this is something that people who even aspire to be public speakers, you know, being able to convey their message and things like that. So do you have a coaching program that's associated with this? And if not, why not? That's uh, funny. So I don't have a formalized coaching program associated with it, but I am putting together a few different consulting and training packages that are going to be uh, that are going to be available. And if somebody's interested, happy to talk to them and figure out to, how to build something that would work. Uh, but the reason I wrote the book wasn't to go out and say, "Hey, I got to go make money off of it." But the reason I wrote the book is that I was interested in this topic and I wanted to die and spend a lot of time looking and, and researching and sharing information about it. That that's really what drove it. And then it's, I've been just really flattered by some of the, the response that I've gotten as I've been sharing this with people. I was speaking to one friend of mine who he actually took the lessons from the book. He used it to train an AI chatbot and then used that to improve his own marketing emails that he does for his company. Uh, and I was amazed. He, he did that and he's been showing me the results and they've been 50% more, you know, 50% higher open rate, 50% higher click-through rate. And it's been really impressive to see this in action in a way that I had no idea uh, it was going to take that type, that form when I was putting this together. So that means I'm headed to Amazon? Yeah, you can grab it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. So my, my publisher is Barrett Kohler, distributed by Penguin Random House. Um, yeah, what, you go to your local independent bookstore and order a copy from them. But if you were interested, 
I actually have a free chapter of the book on my website. You can go check that out. Uh, it's at bengutman.com. So there's two T's and two N's. My name is not minimal. You have to have both of those pieces. But there's a free chapter there. Go check it out. If you're interested, go grab the rest of the book. And I'll make sure that I include that in the show notes as well. But one thing I would like to ask you about is your author journey, because I get so many people that are self-published and occasionally I'll get someone who has a traditional publisher. Do you just mind sharing the inception of just the concept of the book all the way to the finish line for us? Oh, yeah. In my marketing agency, we did. We were fortunate. We worked with a number of authors over the years, a lot of them in the health space, some of them in the business space and self-help, personal development. So I got a chance to really know some incredible folks, people who were number one bestsellers, Pulitzer Prize winners and Nobel Prize winners. And that was uh, an incredible journey in and of itself. But what was nice from that was I got to have this develop this understanding of the publishing industry that I had no idea was coming my way when we first started. It's an interesting business. If you are considering writing a book, I encourage to, to go explore it. I think it's a really fun. If you enjoy writing, it's a fun process. If you don't enjoy writing, it's maybe not as fun. There's um, there, there's a story I came across recently, Douglas Adams, who wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He had a, he hated writing. So he loved having written a book, but he hated writing the book. And so when he was writing one of the sequels to Hitchhikers, his publisher had to lock him in a hotel room and like babysit him for like a month until he finished the manuscript for it. So that wasn't me. I was the opposite. I actually really enjoyed every piece of it. Um, if you're doing self-publishing, you have total control. You can, you can put something out today, right? You can write something up or find some old blog posts you wrote, slap them together, format them in the, in, in Amazon's software and get it out there. The, so because of that, the barrier to entry is really low and that's a good thing and a bad thing, right? So the good thing about that is you can put whatever you want out. There's no gatekeepers for you. You're able to quickly get something out there and you're able to see a lot of the reward from it in terms of the money that comes back. Traditional publishing is the opposite. So it's a long, slow process. Publisher pays you, which is nice. They give you a check in the beginning called an advance. And then you get a small royalty against that advance as the book sells over time. Most authors are not going to make any sort of material uh, revenue off of their book. That's the, the economics of, of that industry. However, you do get the services that they offer in terms of they're going to provide you of editing, book design distribution, a little bit of marketing. They don't, nobody really is great at the marketing side of things. And this sometimes outweighs the benefits that you might get from the self-publishing. You have to get through the gatekeepers to get into traditional publishing. And because of that, there's maybe a little more prestige associated with it, rightly or wrongly. But that is the, that's the general perception is that anybody can self-publish. So that means the quality level can be highly variable. The traditionally published book, it's gone through the ringer a little bit more to get there. And so you're less likely to get total garbage from a traditionally published book. But that doesn't mean that there's plenty of self-published books that are excellent, plenty of traditionally published books that are maybe not as great. And it's just, you have to figure out for your own needs and for your own, what you want to get out of the book and how you enjoy doing it. What is the decision that you want to make for traditionally published versus self-published? What else can we look forward to when we pick up a copy? Oh yeah. No, the book is great. I joke on the first page that it's a 208 page book about how to say things simply. It seems like I didn't take my own message. I fully understand the irony. The point of this book is saying, look, say things simply. That's great. If that's enough for you, don't get it. Like that's fine. Uh, if it is something that you're curious about the why and the how, which is surprisingly deep and it's surprisingly difficult, 
that's what their other 207 pages are for, right? And there's exercises and there's case studies and all sorts of interesting pieces in there too. I tried to make this as science-backed as possible. I did not want this to be like my war stories or anything like that. That's, I don't think that's particularly interesting. I think that I wanted something that was going to be, is going to be able to stand up and as a kind of piece of, um, you know, not quite academic truth, but some that in that direction of saying, I found something interesting that was worth sharing. That was really the driving factor. Not that I have this story that I want to tell about my own work, because who cares about that? Because you mentioned research. What types of research did you do to actually get the book done? So I, you know, you mentioned a little bit before, I'm an adjunct professor at Baruch College here in New York. Because of that, I had a lot of access to resources that I wouldn't have had otherwise. A ton of academic databases and statistical databases and all these different things um, that made it a lot easier. Because frankly, one of the things I learned over the course of the process was that research really sucks these days. It is really hard to find good stuff because the internet has gotten a lot noisier, a lot of SEO stuff, AI stuff is not really helping the case. And if any of this may be the argument that being simply and message simply is more important, but in the process of doing that, I would spend three hours tracking down the source of one statistic somewhere that should have been like a five minute activity uh, just because I wasn't sure. Like, was this a real thing or was this the thing that somebody posted on social media eight years ago that got circulated in an infographic that somebody put on their SEO laden blog post that somebody then quoted again? You have to follow that wild goose chase a little bit to find the veracity of some different things. And I didn't even think about it like that because you're right. The internet has gotten very noisy. You know, it used to be you can go to Google University and find anything that you need, but now <laughs> the process is a little different. So that is so good. Tell us about what you do as a consultant. So I work on a lot of specialized projects. If somebody has a need for either it's a messaging need, they say, hey, I have this interesting new product or service, or I have this campaign or whatever it is, and we have a hard time explaining who we are to the world. Um, that is something I, I've helped enough of clients articulate that and connect with their audience in all sorts of interesting ways. I've also worked in some other strategic projects with a slew of different clients to help analyze kind of their digital infrastructure, their marketing setup, and help them hire. I've generally served as a fractional CMO for, for a number of different clients over the past few years, uh, and it's been a very rewarding practice. And so I always am looking for new opportunities to you know, learn about different markets and products. Speaking of new opportunities, I know this book is hot off the press, but is this going to be a standalone or can we expect some more from you? So I really like writing it, right? So I mentioned before, some people, they like writing. Some people like having written. I like both. I really, um, at no point did I see it as something that was really a, a onerous task to go through and do the writing. Editing is not as fun, but the, I still think it was worthwhile. I would write something again. You know, maybe in another year or two, there's more ideas kind of start to percolate and I get to, to see more things where I can add some value. It's not designed right now because this is not a one of three or anything like that, but it is something that I certainly learned a lot during the process. I would love to put that to use in something else. Well, if you had one piece of advice to share with an entrepreneur on just how to play big faster, what would it be? So my favorite piece of advice is actually a bit of meta advice, which is that all advice is autobiographical. Every time somebody's giving you a piece of advice, they're not really giving it to you. They're giving it to themselves in the past. And when you understand that, when you put that framing around any piece of advice that you're getting, well, it helps you make a lot of sense about what should I take? What should I leave? Who should I listen to more? Who should I let them say their thing and go away? 
and how to maybe modify some of the things that you've heard so that it makes more sense for you. Once you understand that, it makes every other piece of advice much more useful. Ben, look, that is awesome. How can we reach you? Yeah. So I mentioned bengutman.com is the best place. I have a blog there. You can sign up for my newsletter, go grab the free copy. Otherwise connect to me on LinkedIn, Ben Gutman. And I would love to hear from you. If there's anything I can do to help, if the book made a difference for you, I'd love to, to hear your thoughts. And don't forget anywhere books are sold. You can grab your copy of simply put why clear messages win and how to design them. Ben, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Sherry. It's great to be here. And until next time, play big faster. Thanks for listening to this episode and remember to play big faster. 